And we're back with session 27 of Law of One. We're going to talk about intelligent infinity today. Let's begin. Alright, so let's make an introduction to where we left off and where we're heading right now. We finished the official book one last time with session 26, and now we're going to get into session 27, which starts book two. This book is the shortest of the four original books, and I'm excluding book five because that's just uh, personal material, even though it has information that I have been using, of course. And I know I'm probably repeating myself within the series a lot, but remember that I'm using the uh, raw contact or re-listen version. So I'm not using the books themselves. And I do want to make the notes that we just finished book one because we are going to see a change in subject, uh, especially in this book. And we're going to start with the first three uh, sessions, uh, session 27, 28, and 29, talking about the cosmology, astronomy. It's going to get really intense, but really, really fascinating, which is probably one of my favorite topics here in the Law of One because of the implications of it. But uh, we're going to get into that. Uh, these, uh, This book, like I said, is the shortest of them all. And also the sessions are, uh, because of that, of course, they are shorter. This had to do because Carla wasn't feeling that well, so her uh, energy um, wasn't that good for the channeling every day. So the questions were pretty short uh, in terms uh, or in in comparison with the with book one or the previous session. So that's why it's shorter. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be really good stuff, and I'm going to say if you can catch a hold of this part of the material i'm going to repeat it several times because i get really uh geeked out about about this stuff but if you can catch this and understand it you probably you know just stop watching the videos and just go out in nature and enjoy life uh, because this just sums up the creation in general and who you are and everything so uh, this is why I, I think this is probably one of going to be one of my favorites of the, uh, the the sessions that I'm going to record. So in any case, you're going to see why and it's going to make sense. Now, uh, the last thing I'll say in the introduction is a big mention on my uh, cosmic brother uh, Colby from Dream State Logic, who has done a fantastic work on his music. He is the guy, if you don't know, uh, that I use the music as a background for all my videos from the beginning. Actually, not from the beginning, but from the first time I started using music, it's been his music. And he is just a great friend, great guy. And he has his content out there for free. So I'm not pitching any sales or anything. But speaking of, he actually just came out with an album synchronistically at the same time that I'm coming out with the second book in the law of one or the second uh, book in the original form. So again, I'm using his new album that just came out in April, just starting this month. And it's really, really good if you wanna listen to it. As opposed to be in the background of my video, you can listen to the music. I use it myself when I'm actually doing work on the computer and I just wanna drift away from the surroundings and just be you know with my my own field if you will so uh really really uh grateful of of his work and of course him allowing me to use his music is just thank you man uh if you're watching this you know i'm you know how grateful i am because i always tell you so uh all right so that's it we're gonna start with the first question that i have in session 27 from Don, which is gonna get us directly into Intelligent Infinity and the creator itself, or the one creator. So, Don starts and says, I would like to start with definitions of words that have been, we have been using that possibly we have not and possibly cannot totally understand. But since the first words that we use are Intelligent Infinity, I would like for you to define each of these words and give me the definition of their combination. And Ra says, 
Your vibrations of mind complex indicate a query. However, your vibrational sound complex indicate a preference. Please restate. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very clear. And you can see here how Ra was always very, very specific about the type of inquiry. So Don says, would you define the word intelligent and the concept of intelligent infinity? Ra says, okay. We shall address the entire spectrum of this question before defining as requested. Your language using vibrational sound complexes can be at best an approximation of that which is closer to an understanding, if you will, of the nature of conscious thought. Perceptions are not the same as sound vibration complexes, and the attempt to define will therefore be a frustrating one for you. Although we are happy to aid you within the limits of your sound vibration complexes. To define intelligent apart from infinity is difficult, for these two vibration complexes equal one concept. It is much like attempting to divide your sound vibration concept, faith, into two parts. We shall attempt to aid you, however. Um, well, a couple of things here that has to do with language, and funny enough, I just made a video about language uh, for April Fool's Day, <laughs> if you watch that. So what Ra is mentioning here in essence, is that first of all, they can't separate the uh, the meaning that intelligent has within intelligent infinity, as intelligent infinity is a concept, so they cannot divide it. And the one thing that they make a remark on, and you can read this in the um, uh, in the beginning of the the answer, is that they perceptions are not the same as words, basically. And this is really the conundrum that we find ourselves in society or in culture, uh, say Western culture in general, which has actually infected, to use a, a bad uh, terminology there for the world. Uh, but it has it has spread its roots of, uh, of language around the world. And we perceive the world as, uh, as words, as definitions, as separate things from, uh, from themselves. And that's what Ra is mentioning here. Because of our ways of trying to understand everything by words, it's hard to explain concepts. And I'll just read that one part now that I mentioned that so it makes more sense. When they say your language using sounds, basically, can be at best an approximation of that which is closer to an understanding. Understanding is really out from the heart, this feeling. You can't explain feeling. You can uh, you can verbalize as much as you want, but you can't really explain a feeling. And that's what they're saying. And they also go on to say, perceptions are not the same as sound vibration complexes or words. And the attempt to define will therefore be a frustrating one for you, which really is, you know, we find this a lot in Buddhism. And uh, as I read this, it just keeps uh, repeating basically the same concepts that they try to explain through uh, through Buddhism and Sanskrit was very different than of course uh, our modern language so it makes it even more difficult but in any case that's what they're saying and they say well you know we're happy to help you even within the limits of your words or or language so it's really really important to uh, to keep that in mind whenever we're trying to understand all this stuff and this is why uh, especially for the next three sessions, I would really emphasize that you get the meaning of what I'm uh, Ra is saying, what I try to uh, interpret or explain, and then just go and form your own ideas, your own visions, whatever it is. So I think this is a really good uh, um, introduction to what we're going to cover. So in any case, we're going to go on into defining intelligent infinity. And Don says... It is not necessary to divide it. The definition of intelligent infinity as one part is sufficient. Could you please now define intelligent infinity? Ra says, this is exponentially simpler and less confusing. There is unity. This unity is all that there is. This unity has a potential and kinetic. The potential is intelligent infinity. Tapping this potential will yield work. This work has been called by us intelligent energy. The nature of this work is dependent upon the particular distortion of free will, which in turn is the nature of a particular intelligent energy or kinetic focus of the potential of unity or that which is all. Okay, so easy to disentangle this one. Uh, first, intelligent infinity is, uh, it's 
first of all, it's impossible to describe it. <laughs> this is just the way it is. It's um, you can if you're familiar with the Dao, the Chinese Dao, this is exactly what they're talking about. Or even the uh, in Zen Buddhism, what is Zen in general? That feeling that which is not even a feeling. Uh, categorizing it is it's just going to fail. So uh, there is no way to define intelligent infinity. However, we can think about it and visualize it in a way that can be. I like to see it as a. Um, Everything that there is, everything that can possibly be, is consciousness, is light, is matter, is frequency, is is everything. But beyond what we know as the everything, there is that what they they call the great void or the nothingness in in Buddhism. Uh, that is the potential. So they say that in unity, which is the creator, which is called the the whole beingness of the creator, is unity. So there is potential and kinetic. The potential is intelligent infinity, that possibility, the infinite possibility, infinity, if you will. And then tapping from that potential yields work, and that work is intelligent energy, which is what we see manifested here. Frequencies, vibrations, light, uh, our own beingness, consciousness, everything that just is manifested in this universe. So from the beginning we see that is intelligent infinity everything that there is infinity in general which is something that we can't really describe even a mathematician cannot ex explain infinity um, so from there there comes work and that work is um, uh, the nature of the work well that's something different that I'm gonna cover in a bit but this work has been called intelligent energy this is the energy that I just explained us the universe or this creation this illusion which is the universe and now the nature of this work is dependent upon the particular distortion of free will which in turn is the nature of particular intelligent energy so in essence um, the nature of the work that is created with uh, intelligent infinity through intelligent energy see intelligent energy as the tool that is being used thanks to the uh, the strength or uh, basic principle of intelligent infinity and the nature of that is dependent on the intelligent energy or the focus which is the the sub creators or logos um, and that potential uh, of the potential of unity which is all so we're tapping from intelligent infinity and we can use ourselves as an example too we are a sub creator if you will we are a manifestation of the creator and so we tap into intelligent infinity always we're living by intelligent infinity at all times and we're tapping from that energy to simply be to be around in this world walk around and uh, think and just move and die and be born again so the intelligent infinity is what's feeding everything and intelligent energy being this that is manifested is how we interact with the finite portions of the universe or intelligent infinity. I hope this makes sense um, and I would love to to make a better uh, graphic or visual about this but this is just the beginning of it. If you can catch this you're off to a really good start so if not just go back hopefully it makes sense the second time if it didn't the first time but yeah that's it. Intelligent infinity uh, using intelligent energy to create the universe basically and it depends on the sub-creators like us to direct that uh, intelligent um, energy to uh, feed the creation even more. So we're gonna go to the next question where Don says, I would like to expand a little on the concept of work. In Newtonian physics, the concept of work is what we call a force which moves through space. It's the product of force and distance as we measure it. I'm assuming that the work of which you speak is as much is a much broader term including possibly work in consciousness. Am I correct? And Ross says, as we use this term, it is universal in application. Intelligent infinity has a rhythm or flow as of a giant heart beginning with the central sun, as you would think or conceive of this. The presence of the flow inevitable as a tide of beingness without polarity, without finity, the vast and silent all beating outward outward, focusing outward and inward until the focuses are complete. The intelligence or consciousness of foci 
have reached a state where their, shall we say, spiritual nature or mass calls them inward. Inward, inward, until it is all coalesced. This is the rhythm of reality, as you spoke. And so we have to go into Don's mind here to first kind of decode as Ra decoded the question. <laughs> uh, he's using Newtonian physics to try to explain work as it is performed in, uh, in this type of physics or ways of understanding movements and uh, time space or space time, right? But Ra says that uh, the way they use the, uh, the term of work is kind of universal in a way that intelligent infinity is um, the work that they, they say that is produced by intelligent um, infinity to create intelligent energy is basically the flux of the creation, the cycle of creation. And that's why they're saying that beginning with the central sun, as we can conceive this, imagine a central sun that is what creates everything in, um, in the universe. And from there, it expands out and outward, like they're saying. It expands out, out, right? And this is what's happening until it goes inward again. And this is the cycle that creates everything say in a particular universe as they call they can call a universe say this solar system which in essence just came out and created the planets the planets are going to have its its experiences and we are all trying to find um our way back to source and as we try to find our way back to source that's what's calling inward and inward is the way we go through the creator no surprise that when we talk about meditation in the sense of not thinking or contemplating or just simply going into the nothingness is the inward seeking to know itself and as we go through this this is not just third density consciousness but fourth and fifth and the whole creation goes inward until we finally reach that point and reunite with the creator and spoiler alert that is a black hole once we find that spiritual mass that we find um where we where we find the creator we find ourselves knowing the cells in the end will lead us to the creator which is in the grand scheme of things just intelligent infinity or the source of intelligent infinity depending on how you want to see it so that is the rhythm that they're talking about that is created by the work of intelligent infinity and it's just one big cycle going from creation to creation on and on again and it's a fractalized system that goes on from the central sun or galaxies to us to even smaller scale us or simpler fractalized versions of ourselves holograms if you will so um that's uh that's what Ra meant to say there and or at least the way i perceive it so don says now i think i have extracted a an important point from this in that in intelligent infinity we have work without polarity where a potential difference does not have to exist is this correct Ra says there is no difference potential or kinetic in unity the basic rhythms of intelligent infinity are totally without distortion of any kind. The rhythms are clothed in mystery, for they are being itself. From this undistorted unity, however, appears a potential in relation to intelligent energy. In this way, you may observe the term to be somewhat two-sided. One use of the term, that being as the undistorted unity, being without any kinetic or potential side. The other application of this term, which we use undifferentiatedly for lack of other term in the sense of the vast potential tapped into the foci or focuses of intelligent energy. So the first uh, thing is that there is a note there because that was changed from the original material. Uh, it said simply focuses of energy and they included intelligent energy, them being uh, Toby Willock and the people that did the work in the re-listening version uh, which uh, one of them is anonymous, the other one is Toby Willock, but in any case, that's why there's a red star there. Nothing important, just uh, making a true work of what they did. <laughs> so Ra didn't say intelligent there, but they definitely meant definitely meant intelligent energy. So, all right, to decode this, let's go back and mention a couple of important points. First, there is no difference. There's nothing in uh, in unity there's everything and nothing um, at the same time 
This is, again, the familiar oriental philosophy, and I'm just going to call it this way, because uh, both the uh, the Chinese, the Hindus, and, of course, Japanese um, belief systems, just to call them uh, something, they have... Uh, they have said that there is, there is no. They call it non-dualism in Hinduism. To not call it one, because even one implies in our minds, in our perception, that there are many, and there's not many. So uh, there is nothing and everything at the same time in unity. So that is, there is no difference, and that's what Don again is thinking very uh, mechanical in the way that uh, work needs to be uh, through through uh, a potential difference between two charges, and obviously that's just the way this universe was created, polarity and so on. But there's no difference in in unity. So that's what they said. Now the basic rhythms of intelligent infinity are not only in uh, without distortions of any kind it's just one one big heartbeat of this rhythm that is actually clothed in mystery so they cannot know what's happening how it's happening nobody can predict intelligent infinity and what it does we can only work with it to create um, say the sub logos or the logos even uh, they can only work with what it's given to them and that is just uh, love just to to get ahead of myself there, uh, that love is what what creates everything. So um, that's I think I covered that from this under undistorted unity. However, appears a potential in relation to intelligent energy. Yeah, but that's basically what it is. From this um, from this potential is what ener- intelligent energy comes from. Intelligent energy again being this. Uh, I'm not gonna say light, but just everything that is manifested here. But yeah, we can we can just think about it as light for now, understanding that everything is energy and everything is light. So they also say that the term can be used uh, in two different ways, two definitions for it. The first one is the undifferentiated one that is pure, pure intelligent infinity. And the other one is the potential that can be tapped from it. So in a practical way, what we're saying is that intelligent infinity, even though it exists on its own without any sort of definition, we can think about that intelligent infinity feeding us so we can create something, right? So that's the potential that we can use. And it's tapped by the focuses or foci, us, a star, a planet, uh, a galaxy. We are the planet, actually, but you get my point. <laughs> we are those focuses. We are the uh, mini creators, if you will. So uh, we are the ones tapping intelligent infinity at all times. So everything in the universe, actually. So that's what creates the creation. Next question that Don has says, Now, I understand that the first distortion of intelligent infinity is the distortion of what we call free will. Can you give me a definition of this distortion? Ra says, In this distortion of the law of one, it is recognized that the creator will know itself. We'll get to this. Don says, Then am I correct then in assuming that the creator will know itself? The creator then grants for this knowing the concept of freedom, total freedom of choice in the ways of knowing. Am I correct? And Ra says, This is quite correct. All right, so the first thing is that um the first uh distortion of intelligent infinity or what we know the creation or the creator the first distortion is to know itself you can imagine this as the creator uh, becoming aware of itself just simply becoming aware and saying oh i exist i i would like to know myself because i know i exist you can definitely relate to this as you were a child at some point and you had to go through the same process. You said, oh, cool, you know, I exist. Let me know myself. And this is the same process you're going through right now. So this is the process of free will uh, or the, the law of free will that allows the creator to know itself. But to know itself, it needs to feel differentiated from the rest. If the creator is infinity, then it needs to create a finite version of itself to know itself. That just stands to reason. Much like us, we are all one. However, if we want to know ourselves, we reflect on each other as mirrors who we are. 
Without ourselves, we couldn't know who we are, without the environment, without anything around us. So we need this, the creation, to know ourselves. The same thing is happening with the creator. So I hope, hopefully I didn't uh, miss any point here. Um, the creator knowing self grants freedom, total freedom of choice in the ways of knowing. And that's just the creation. Basically, it just throws out everything into the creation and saying, I want to know myself, this is what's going to happen, infinite possibilities, we're going through it and we're going to experience everything. Um, I know at this point some of you may be thinking, oh the creator is doing this to me, why is it doing this to me, my life is so miserable and I've been through all this stuff. I'm going to cover all that because uh, this is just, if you're thinking this way, which uh, if you're not then great because that's just another level. But a lot of people get into this and I'm, I'm going to cover this in a little bit. So that's it. We're going to go to the next question where Don says, This then being the first distortion of the law of one, which I am assuming is the law of intelligent infinity from all other correction, all other distortions, which are the total experience of the creation spring from this. Is this correct? Ra says, this is both correct and incorrect. In your illusion, all experience springs from the law of free will, or the way of confusion. In another sense, which we are learning, the experiences are this distortion. So, I'm not really sure what the incorrect part is, because Ra doesn't say, uh, and I, I won't speculate, but what the real question is, and I'll go back to the question, um, says that, uh, all other distortions come out from the uh, from this distortion of uh, free will, right? All other distortions, which are the total experience of the creation, spring from this, and this is quite correct. This is what Ra is saying. Uh, so everything is coming from the distortion of free will, like I explained already. Everything is coming out from our uh, necessity of knowing the self. No matter what you do, even involuntarily, you are trying to know yourself. That's the whole purpose of you being alive in this third density consciousness reality or illusion, whichever way you want to see it. So we we have a uh, total free will to do whatever we want to know ourselves. And from there springs every other distortion that is uh, through the law of confusion. Now, one thing, law of uh, the free will and law of confusion is the same thing, by the way. Uh, and the funny thing is that that we can take out of this is that even those in sixth density like Ra are under this law of confusion or free will because they are still knowing themselves to finally reach the creator. So it's not something that is, it's a task for third density. It's going to happen throughout the whole creation. In fact, that is the purpose of this creation to know the self. And when you know that the purpose of this creation or the universe in general, as we know it is to for the creator to know itself then our purpose is to know ourselves to know that we are the creator so we can reunite with ourselves a little mind-boggling there but uh that's just how it needs to be phrased i can't do anything else uh all right so next question don says i will have to think about that and ask questions on <laughs> in the next session of course you do <laughs> so I will go on to what you have given me as the second distortion which is the distortion of love is this correct uh, gotta love Don this is correct Ra says it's the second distortion yeah, I mean who wouldn't who wouldn't have to think about this I mean I even have to think about it tonight again and again so his next question was I would like for you to define love in the sense, in its sense, as the second distortion, he corrects himself. Ra says, this must be defined against the background of intelligent infinity or unity, or the one creator, with the primal distortion of free will. The term love then may be seen as the focus, the choice of attack, the type of energy of an extremely, shall we say, high order, which causes intelligent energy to be formed from the potential of intelligent infinity in just such and such a way. This then may be seen to be an object rather than an activity by some of your peoples. And the principle of this extremely strong energy focus being worship as the creator instead of unity or oneness from which all love emanates. All right, if you can get this one, then we're 
really good because this is we already talked about the first distortion now this is the second distortion which is love let me try to uh, make you visualize this in the way that we already know that intelligent infinity is the source of everything then there is free will which is hmm, okay I want to know myself I want to create through uh, through love light I want to create something so I can um, uh, seed myself out in a a illusory vacuum <clears throat> illusory space and through that wall which is love it's going to create light so love in this visualization again this is not how it is this is just my way to make you visualize it intelligent infinity goes through a filter which is love or the potential of love to create uh, what we call light which is the creation so love in this sense is uh, what do they say is the focus the choice of attack the type of energy of an extremely high order which causes intelligent energy to be formed from the potential of intelligent infinity so from the potential of intelligent infinity um, creates uh, intelligent energy so love is between intelligent energy and intelligent infinity love is the way everything is created and love being that again they say extremely high order extremely high order because it tells intelligent energy how to form how to create things this then may be seen to be an object rather than an activity right uh, for some of your peoples and the principle this extremely strong energy focus being worship as the creator instead of unity instead of worshiping unity as the one thing oh uh, undifferentiated everything uh, non-dual we are we need to worship that not really knowing that is it's it's amazing because we can get to the farthest level. it's almost like let's admire math by infinity you won't be able to do any sort of fun work with math right so you cannot uh, appreciate math with infinity you appreciate even though infinity is math in, in in all its sense you appreciate math by the numbers by the things that come out of it and this is why we appreciate love because love is what's creating everything for us and this is how we know ourselves through love to reach back the creator i hope that makes sense because it's almost like love is the way to reach the creator love is the only way that everything exists and that's why they're saying that it's a uh, it's extremely high order because it tells everything how to behave so i don't think i can make this in any other way that it makes that is clearer for me maybe this, it, there is other ways that can be clearer for you and this is why uh, why i encourage you to just chew on this and and visualize it many ways if you can all right so don goes on and says is love there a manifestation of love is there a manifestation of love that we could call vibration and Ra says, okay, all right. Again, we reach semantic difficulties. The vibration or density of love or understanding is not a term used in the same sense as the second distortion, love. The distortion love being the great activator and primal co-creator of various creations using intelligent infinity. The vibration love being that density in which those who have learned to do an activity called loving without significant distortion then seek the ways of light or wisdom i'm gonna make a pause here because now we're differentiating between two types of love the one love that i just explained and uh it's capitalized here so love capital l and then there is love the one that we know as part of the creation uh the feeling of love that also represents for density consciousness that love is not the same love as the filter that I called, or the principle of creation, that uh, that wall between intelligent infinity and intelligent energy. So there is two types of love, and they need to be defined, and we will. So again, uh, it's semantic difficulties. See how language always tries to get in the way of us visualizing or perceiving or feeling what it is. Uh, and, and again, I'm going to reinforce this over and over again in the next uh, three sessions or this and 28, 29, is to take this material and don't try to understand it too much through the words and verbiage and uh, all this stuff. Just 
go with it with your heart and try to imagine, create your own ideal, uh, ideal uh, universe or creation. I don't know, just do whatever you want with it, but don't take this word by word. In any case, uh, so the second distortion, and uh, that's the second distortion, love. The distortion love, okay, uh, we explained that. The vibration love being that density in which those who have learned to do an activity called loving without significant distortion, then seek the ways of light or wisdom. It's a process. That love, uh, lowercase uh, l, that is the way of seeking for us here. It's, um, it's almost like saying, is my heart chakra for density? Not really. It's attached to it, yes, but it's uh, it's not for density. Like you are not, uh, this is not a four density, even though it is in a fractalized version. But within the, con the, the, the context of the way we see the law of one or the creation of the law of one, you know what I'm talking about. This is not for density. It's attached to it, but it's not. So capital L, this hard, uh, actually capital L being for density in this example and lowercase l being our heart. And you can see the, the parallel because now we're seeking light with this love, which is going to make sense in a little bit too. Just fascinating stuff. I love this. All right. So Ra continues and says, thus in vibratory sense, love comes into light in the sense of the activity of unity in its free will. Love uses light and has the power to direct light in its distortion. Thus vibratory complexes recapitulate in reverse their creation in its unity thus showing the rhythm or flow of the great heartbeat, if you will use this analogy. And of course, we will use this analogy because, again, in the vibratory sense, love comes into light. Our love, our seeking of love for density, eventually will come into fifth density, which is light. And in this point or at this point, love uses light uh, and has Love uses light and has the power to direct light in its distortion. Once love reaches the, uh, uh, the possibility of using light, it'll manipulate light to create in a different sense than we create here. Uh, this is how the pyramids were built, in essence. They were, uh, now that we know energy, the creation material, everything material is energy anything energy is light and when you use enough love in higher densities of consciousness you can move this we actually have this capacity uh telekinesis is exactly the same thing you're using that power to move things which is not very common in uh in our current world for several reasons that i don't need to get into and i don't really know all the details but I know that it's not really common. So if you know anybody who has any uh, telekinesis, then I don't know, golden nugget there. So in any case, it's the same principle. We use love to uh, manipulate light in that sense. So um, we're, I think we're good here. We can go on to the next question. So next question is Don saying, I will make a statement that I have extracted from the physics of Dewey Larson which may or may not be close to what we are trying to explain. Larson says that all is motion, which we can take as vibration. And that vibration, which is pure vibration, and it's not physical in any way, or in any form, or in any density, that vibration by first product of that vibration is what we call the photon, particle of light. I was trying to make an analogy between this physical solution and the concept of love and light. Is this close to the concept of love creating light or not? And Ra says, you are correct. So everything that I explained already is what uh, Don was trying to understand by the physics of Dewey Larson. Understanding that everything is in motion. These are the physics of Dewey Larson, but good news, we don't have to be a uh, um, science uh, uh, scientist in this way or a physics uh, major whatever you know just we don't need to have the college degree to understand this uh, Dewey Larson said that everything was in motion and yes in the same way as we are describing this motion as what creates the photon it's the same principle love as I explained is the one that creates through um, through its its rhythms intelligent energy, which is the photon, light. So that's all that, uh, basically the same thing I explained, Don asked in the uh, 
astrophysics, if, if you want to call it that. So, all right, the next question is done saying, then I will expand a bit more on this concept. We have the infinite vibration of love, which can occur, I am assuming at varying frequencies. If this has a meaning in this, I would assume that it begins at one basic frequency. Does this have any meaning? Am I making sense? Is this correct? Ra says, each love, as you term the prime movers, comes from one frequency. If you wish to use this term, this frequency is unity. We would call, we would perhaps liken it rather to a strength than a frequency. This strength being infinite, the finite qualities being chosen by the particular nature of this primal movement. So, uh, okay, so Don was trying again to use terms like frequency to understand how this works, but frequency also assumes that there are, there's a range of frequencies. And see how Ra goes and says, well, each love, as you term the prime movers, comes from one frequency, if you want to use this term, that one frequency is unity. So we don't want to call it frequency in terms of making us create ideas that, oh, then there are other frequencies, because that's just not how it works. In unity, there are no more than just one, unity, right? So we would perhaps liken this rather to a strength rather than a frequency. I love how they go into, well, if you want to use frequency, you can use it, but we'd rather use strength, so don't use frequency. <laughs> this strength being infinite, infinite love is what the creator is uh, um, filtering in, right? And the finite qualities being chosen by the particular nature of this primal movement, which is love. Again, uh, the finite qualities, the uh, what filters out is chosen by this primal movement, which is love, again. Remember, intelligent infinity, then it's love, and then there is intelligent energy as a filter. <laughs> Next question from Don. We're getting close to the end here. Then this vibration, which is, for lack of a better understanding, which we would call pure motion, it is pure love. It is. It is not. There is nothing that is yet condensed, shall we say, to form any type or density of illusion. This love then creates, by this process of vibration, a photon, as we call it, which is the basic particle of light. This photon then, by added vibrations and rotations, further condenses into particles of the densities, the, the various densities that we experience. Is this correct? Drum roll. This is correct. And I'm going to just... Don basically summarize uh, in, in a really scientific way or physical uh, sense of understanding uh, the creation exactly what we have been talking about love again is the one creating uh, the photons but then Don wanted to go further and said the photon uh, then by added vibrations just the photon themselves create vibrations and rotations which kind of it's gonna make sense uh, further condenses into particles of the densities particles being what we know now uh, water, uh, earth, and of course, air as being the primal mover of the gaseous forms of matter and heat, which is the four elements that create uh, the first density. But in any case, that's what Don was trying to get at. If this was the way that it was created, like our physical matter, and yes, because everything is made of energy and the photon being the basic particle of energy. Now it's funny that he says this photon by added vibrations and rotations because when you go into the quantum realm, everything is vibrating. Everything is wavy calls, right? It's waves that are um, that are behaving in certain patterns and rotations to create what we call matter. And that's really what there exists. Uh, there are only a couple of, of uh, rotations or vibrations shapes patterns and this is something that you can follow also in I believe is cymatics which is the um, uh, the word used for the patterns that are created with sounds and you can see this in sand really cool stuff I recommend you to watch it because this is it's a recreation of what's really happening in the energy field of the quantum realm to create everything. So really interesting stuff that Don asked here, just to finalize the creation as we know it, material stuff. So 
we have one more question before we end the session and uh, I got ahead of myself here there we go Don says now this then light which forms the densities has what we call color and this color is divided into seven categories of color can you tell me is there a reason or an explanation for these categories of color can you tell me something about that and Ross says um, Ron says the same thing as done. No. Ron says, we will answer briefly, and then you may question further in consequent sessions. The nature of the vibratory patterns of your universe is dependent upon the configurations placed upon the original material, or light by the focus, or love, using its intelligent energy to create a certain pattern of illusions, or densities, in order to satisfy its own intelligent estimate of a method of knowing itself. Thus the colors, as you call them, are as straight or narrow or necessary as is possible to express, to express given the will of love. And that is the final answer that we have from Ra. Don was simply asking questions about the colors. Why are the colors the way they are, in essence? And Ra said, well, you know, this is just um, the way it is. I mean, your son decided to create the colors this way. Remember, Colors are only perceived by the human eye, okay? This is just our subjective experience of what we call color. And this post, uh, poses the question, it's a very philosophical question that says, how do I know the way I perceive the colors say red? We always go with red. It's the same way you perceive red because me and you can call red something and we agree, but you might be seeing it yellow from your perspective and I, from my perspective, it's yellow, but from yours is red. So it causes that it's, it's impossible for us to know if the way I'm seeing red is actually the way you see red. You may be seeing in, in a color that I perceive as blue or yellow or green. Big question. So what we perceive is vibrations, and those vibrations are set by the logos. So the way we perceive colors is just the way, that's what Ra is saying. I mean, I don't know, that's just how we perceive things. <laughs> and it's it doesn't seem like it's universal. So uh, do other entities see colors the way we see them? We don't know, I don't even know if you see the colors the way I see them. So again, it's a philosophical question there. But just, that's just that uh, everything that Ra was saying there. Now, conclusions because this was a really heavy uh, material that we started with and it's gonna continue with session 28 and 29. I get really um, excited when I read this stuff because it gives you so many ways to, uh, to see yourself in the creation and to see the creation itself. And now I said that uh, around halfway into the video that I was going to talk about that sense of why are we experiencing all this stuff because the creator and this is the question that i get sometimes in the comments and it's a it, it's a pretty good one why are we suffering this you know for the creator who is the creator that's the thing as long as you identify yourself separate from reality separate from me from the house from the planet from the cosmos itself as long as you do that you are going to find yourself a victim of something else. And that's all well and good. I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just that it's not, it's, it's limiting you, the possibility of seeing everything as it is, including the creator. The biggest thing that we can, uh, the biggest separation that we can make is the creator. The creator is, you can even see it in, in the Christian way of being a separate part of you but at least grab it in the sense that it's loving, that it loves you and it's creating everything for you, everything that happens to you. That's why faith is what's used a lot in, in belief systems because faith is just knowing without knowing anything, just knowing that everything that happens to you is fine. There's, there's no problems, there's no paradoxes, there's no, uh, there's no victims and as long as you see the creator that way, then you're fine. That's why I don't really care how people see the creator, God, uh, source, whatever, because 
what you really need to do is grab that uh, that concept that the creator is is loving and we can see how love is the dominant part i should probably i should have named this uh love the power of creation this episode but it's intelligent infinity so um in this way you can see that uh, if you see yourself separate from it then you're going to feel yourself a victim so in any case if you see yourself now as the creator and experiencing everything then you know that everything that is happening right here is part of your experience and you are in control of it because you are the one deciding what happens to your life uh, this is a huge realization this is why I said at the outset of the video that if you can grasp these concepts just grasp them and start working with them within yourself to see the creation then like I said at the beginning just go out finish this video if you want like and subscribe if you haven't already of course before you leave <laughs> uh, but grasp this go out to nature or outside or, or go see whoever is around you and just look at the creator in them look at the creator in animals if you have pets if you have plants if you have dirt if you have material around you which you do I mean just go and contemplate everything as the creation and the creator being present in there consciousness love which is what binds everything together so that is my best conclusion to this in the way uh, I see it you have gone into a trip all the way to intelligent infinity if you know about psychedelics I just gave you a trip to uh, with Bufo Alvarez the little frog that uh, gives you 5-MeOH uh, or DMT for those who have done DMT and have seen even beyond because what you see in these psychedelic experiences is not really intelligent infinity at best you can see is intelligent energy in its purest form so which is still you know pretty close to the creation so you can see but you won't see love itself because even that is clothed in mystery uh, we cannot perceive it here at least and whatever you have seen um, it's not really uh, it but in any case that's all I got psychedelics on the side <laughs> This is uh, the end of session 27. Session 28 is going to continue with Intelligent Infinity and other applications of it. Thank you so much, as usual, for watching. This is one of my favorite parts of the Law of One, as you can see. And it'll continue with session 28 next week. I'll see you then.